But yeah, the only reason I know that is I used to have a stuffed animal that my uncle got me from New mm-hmm. Zealand. Mm-hmm. That was like it had a zipper on the front and it looked like a kiwi fruit. And you'd unzip it and fold it in on itself and zip it again, and it was a kiwi bird. It was a kiwi bird and a kiwi fruit in the same toy. Good morning. From Craftsbury, Vermont, this is Gabriel Roberts. Welcome to the Painting Pictures podcast. Today, we have another installment of The Cream and the Clear with Joe Gro- Joe Groen. Joe Gruen. Not Joe Rogan. And not Joe Grogan. Joe Gruen. Coming to us live at the time of this recording from Sacramento, California. I just finished blowing a bunch of cellulose into the attic of my house with the help of my brother. Wow, am I glad to have that done. There's there's not a whole lot of fun involved with crawling around in the attic. You see, this is not the attic of some movies where you walk up a flight of stairs and find yourself in a magical land full of old records and pictures and ghosts and dress-up clothes and mysterious boxes of letters from the past and creaky floorboards. No, 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 no. This is um, this is like a moon land that is full of fluffy cellulose insulation. It's dark. It's stuffy. It's hot. It's dusty. And your job is to uh, crawl along as you can across the top of ceiling joists, um, ever ever conscious of the risk of taking a wrong step and falling through the ceiling at worst or cracking it at not, not as bad, not so worst, at middle. What do you say? At best, no. <laughs> at best is you don't step on the ceiling and crack it. At worst, you fall through. So what do you say for the middle? At middle? I, I don't know. Sometimes the English language will let you down completely. I did crack our ceiling yesterday. That was um, disappointing. I, I think I said the F word. That was about it. <sighs> I mean, I was upset, and my wife came. I, 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 when I did it, I was like, that probably cracked the ceiling, but maybe not. I hope I didn't. And then my wife came over to holler up at me that it, it had indeed cracked the ceiling, and and I didn't know how bad it was. It really wasn't that bad. It may be solved with a little bit of paint, in fact. But, boy, the monkeys who put the the deck so it's it's difficult because there's already a couple feet of cellulose not a couple feet a few inches of cellulose in this attic space to begin with and across the ceiling joist is something of a deck so pieces of plywood so that you can walk around up there great 
Well, the problem is that they put it down and then they didn't put it across the entire attic floor slash ceiling below. They put it in certain spots and then there were gaps and then and then another section of planking. And of course, it's all buried under inches of fluffy stuff, so you can't see it. And when you're standing up there and you're moving around and you're trying to push insulation around or move wires and blow the cellulose, well, the body can sort of get used to the idea while you're standing on the large deck area that, that it's allowed to just walk around. And then you forget that, oh, wait, no, you there are holes here you that, that you will fall through. And uh, I took a good old stomper in one of those and, yeah, cracked the ceiling below. Which is enough in the moment to make me question my entire life. What am I doing? <laughs> because in many ways, this home is my life right now. It's it's I've put so much work into it that it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to believe that or 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 think that it's anything less than my whole life or that if this thing were to go up in flames the next day like I would be unchanged and that would be okay and life would go on <laughs> is that an unhealthy attitude perhaps but when you work on something every day for a long time I don't know it's tough to uh, make that distinction so yeah when I step through and crack the ceiling it's like okay what am I doing am I not cut out for this shit um, and I think I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> I'm tired of the dust. I'm tired of crawling in small spaces. And, um, I just think about like, um, I don't know, moving to the city and getting an office job. <laughs> that feels sort of like the opposite to me, but I know I would not be happy I would not be happy in that office. I'd get there and I'd be like, oh man, I want to get out to the country. I wouldn't be happy in a little apartment where I don't get to paint the walls or have a garden or whatever, or raise rabbits. have to raise rabbits like in the bathroom. They'd be pooping all over. So I know this is where I want to be and it's, it's just a challenge. And in that moment, it's like, okay, I... I want to just whine and cry because I'm obviously working really hard and deserving of sympathy for, you know, making a mistake. No one's, no one's disputing that, but I just want to, I want to throw a massive pity party when something like that happens. And I want to uh, basically go to my wife and, and cry and tell her that uh, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I shouldn't even be a carpenter. I'm a worthless. I'm a worthless husband. You know these horrible, over dramatic, hyperbolic statements, so that she can respond by saying, "No, honey, you're a great carpenter, and it's so hard what you're doing, and I so appreciate it." And and I'll say, "No, it's not. I'm horrible." <laughs> and go back and forth like that. Isn't that pathetic? Oh my god. If anybody tries to do that, just don't. <laughs> I don't know. You can entertain it a little bit. I, I guess everybody deserves a little bit of a pity party once in a while. But really, <laughs> don't buy it, folks. <laughs> oh man. 
and that so anyway i get over it and then i realize okay this is this is a this is where this is what manning up is manning up or adulting up or whatever rising above is saying okay i made a mistake i forgive myself i'm sorry to myself and i forgive myself and it doesn't mean i'm worthless and sure maybe i maybe i want a vacation <laughs> but um yeah, like move on and don't uh, <laughs> don't throw the pity party. Don't 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 f- make your loved ones sort of have to like shore you up because you don't. All you have to do is shift your your thinking about it. It's really it's a thought it's a thought experiment. So I I I think I did that. I mean I wallowed for a few minutes and then I. I was talking, my brother's on the ground loading this hopper with cellulose insulation and then it's getting blown by a motor up through this like 50 foot, three inch plastic hose that I'm wielding around in the attic. And on the end of the hose to get deep into spaces, get deep in there, (laughs) it's a big old PVC drain pipe. And I'm on my stomach, I'm working this drain pipe around and shooting the cellulose deep deep into the attic above our little porch and um there starts to build up this crazy static electricity and then i touch it and i let out a a a yelp like a and and (laughs) my brother (laughs) i'm on the phone with my brother i've we i've got headphones in with a mic and um and we're we have a, a little phone call going so that we can communicate and i can say shut it down or whatever and so he shuts it down he's like oh my god what and i said i got shocked and and it happens a couple of times and each time it it's like a legit i uh like imagine a static electricity shock like the worst you've ever had and uh he told me (laughs) it reminded him of like a bunny getting a bunny getting uh, getting shocked or getting stabbed or something like that. So that's that can help you imagine the, the noise. Anyway, so I I I had a little pity party of oh fuck me I you know, and he had to listen to it. So sorry, Miles, you had to listen to that. But other than that, I kept it pretty much contained, and life went on, and here we are, and the cellulose is done, thank God, in both attic spaces, and I might. And the wiring's all moved, and, and I might not have to go up. Every time you go into the basement or you go into the attic, you just kind of hope that that's the last time you have to go there for, for a while. And maybe it will be, and our house should be warmer. I just added, like, 1,200 pounds of fluffy stuff. Stuffed it in there. All right, let's get on to this podcast. This is me and Joe talking about the coronavirus again. I don't know how many more of these I'll do. I guess it depends on how long this pandemic uh continues which seems to be it's it's going to continue for a while and then we might just have the next one so um you know here's more here's more thoughts we're a month out from when joe and i first recorded our thoughts on this back at 8,000 american deaths and here we are in the beginning of may may 1st is when we recorded this and uh a month later and and worth talking about it again talking about it still sharing our thoughts maybe it's helpful 
I don't know. We try to try to keep it light, I guess. Try to honestly say how we're feeling about it. So maybe maybe it'll be helpful to you. How do you feel about it? Are you just over it, listeners? Are you still following the news? Are you caught up in the the two sides that that were being uh, offered here? The one side is we're we're liberals and we believe in science, and this pandemic should just get all get all of our attention and and go on as long as it needs to <laughs> or something um or and i mean that's an oversimplification but let's say that and then let's oversimplify the other side which is uh this is bullshit this pandemic is nothing to worry about and we should all just be allowed to go back to normal are you in one of those camps or are you sort of like oh i just don't care and you're just sort of hoping for the best all entirely valid Thanks for tuning in. If you have questions, send an email to GabeRoberts at gmail.com. And if you want to read uh, an article that I wrote about the coronavirus pandemic, go to GabeRobertsArt.com. That's the website for the podcast. You can find old episodes and you can read the article I wrote about the coronavirus and then, yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think. Where are you at on this, listeners? Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Joe for keeping the cream and the clear going. I hope you enjoy this. And afterwards, you can fire up part two of this conversation right here on the same Painting Pictures podcast. All right, folks, until next time or whatever, now please enjoy this episode of this podcast. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, you are being recorded, Joe. Hey. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been recorded covertly on this podcast before. Have you? Oh, yeah. You, I can't remember if it was the cream in the clear or if it was yours, uh, the painting pictures one. But we were at a bar, and you just had your phone out. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. recording me. Um, and I had no idea I was being recorded for a solid, like, five minutes. We were at... Uh, at the Chicago Fire. Chicago Fire. Yeah. Yeah, almost Sacramento. I wonder how Chicago Fire is doing. They're probably doing okay, because they're pizza. Oh, so they're just doing a bunch of takeout. Yeah, yeah. Our bar, local bar that closed is opening up takeout service again this weekend which yeah. is pretty exciting yeah that's nice so we can order. Have good... mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> do they have good food yeah it's good it's very uh fryer intensive that's cool so if you like you know if 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 you like fried food, which pretty much everybody does, it's freaking delicious. You just can't eat it too much. Yeah, it'll make your tummy hurt. I had some fried yeah. nuggets the other day from Chick-fil-A. And this is much better. Hold on. Sorry, I'm rearranging my computer. It's all right. Better angle. Better Ooh. Better access. Wow. You look um, so much taller all of a sudden. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I like the... Um, I like 
the idea of fried food. I just don't like the way it makes me feel like immediately after. Dude, me neither. I it's funny. I think I go through phases of of tolerance, but there was a little while there where every time I would eat even a little bit of fried food, I'm talking like a few handfuls of french fries and yeah. my tummy would would hurt and I get r- wicked bad gas. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. am I going to have to stop eating fried food? I was really uh, <laughs> freaking well, I, out. I think that's probably a sign you weren't eating a lot of fried food before. Because like when I was doing like a cleanse mm. thing, and I was not eating fried food, and I was not eating carbs. Uh, when I went back to it, like you said, I'd have like a little fried nugget or like jalapeno popper, and it blew my ass out. Not in a good way. Not in a good way, no. <laughs> so we were talking about spouses. Let's get back to that real quick. Oh, yeah? That's your gamble. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about boredom. You were saying that you, you hit you hit some kind of boredom yesterday. Yeah, it was a wall. I hit, like, a real wall where, like, I'm sitting on my couch, flipping <laughs> through multiple, like, apps on my TV realized I'd watched like 90% of what I have on there. Yeah. And, and just panicked. I just, yeah. <laughs> just pure panic. Where I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> this is horrible. Yeah. Um, I was looking outside and it, it was hot and I just, I don't want to go out there. Mm-hmm. I've heard about that. You guys are getting, I, oh, it's like summertime already. It's a weird heat wave. 90s? 90s. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Early to mid 90s um late 80s on a regular basis i think you're talking high 80s low to mid 90s oh i'm sorry i said late 80s <laughs> talking about eras well i yeah you know i was gonna break it out when we started talking about the virus like yeah how this affects Go back to people, people in the high 80s <laughs> oh nice yeah high 80s low 90s i thought maybe you were gonna go back to uh the uh the HIV AIDS epidemic now that the uh, scientist who uh, I don't know did you hear about this the scientist who basically isolated the HIV virus it's a German scientist uh, French French scientist okay. he just came out and said that he's analyzed the coronavirus and found segments of the HIV virus in it which indicates to him that it was uh, engineered. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know the HIV virus was engineered. Well, I don't, I don't know if it was, but he's saying that he found like clear, basically segments of it in the, uh, whatever, NCOV2 or whatever it is. Um, Indicating yeah, COVID nineteen or yeah. yeah that it was kind of uh, had had yeah had had fragments of the HIV virus on uh, you know it's mostly it's this bat virus and then it's the spike protein of a SARS virus and okay. then he's saying but in the RNA strand there's big big segments straight from HIV um, that could not have gotten there unless they were placed there right interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it'd be like if they found a baby uh, 
that had your DNA and my DNA in it. There's <laughs> yeah. no way that that happened naturally. <laughs> you saying it's not natural for two men to procreate? To make a baby? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it can happen yet. So you, how'd you get through your boredom? What'd you do? Uh, I Well, I came to my piano. That's oh, how we right. got into that conversation. I, I have had this piano for like a year. It's just been sitting here calling to me, saying, like, learn music on me <laughs> in the middle of the night. Yeah. And then uh, so I, I, I came finally to it. And what's kept me from it was, like, I don't know any songs. So I didn't want to sure. sit here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, then I found some tutorials online. I found a tutorial for a song called The Frail. And I I just started playing super easy, super yeah. easy song. You heard it before. Um, I was like, I could do this. I can definitely do this. And uh, so I, I started doing it. And then then I did it. But nice. I did it in a really interesting way. I, I have these little post-its here. Mm-hmm. And I was cutting off bits of the part with the sticky at the top. Mm-hmm. And like like putting little numbers on them and like peeling them off. And then placing them on the keys mm-hmm. up where my fingers wouldn't hit. So I'd have like, one, and I wouldn't do it by the letters because I don't know what the letters are yet for oh, it. the notes. The notes, yeah, because I'm not musically talented. But I, uh, I'd put one. They're two, in alphabetical order, just just so you know. A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P. Well, it stops after G. Right? Um. I think so. Or H. I want to say there's an H note. Maybe not. No, seven. It's G. Yeah. Okay. So it's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. But I do know it starts like on one end of the piano, not at A. Right. So you got to remember that. That's kind of confusing. Right. So I just put uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like all through all 35 notes, I think is what I end up hitting. Oh, Interesting. Whoa, so then you just go sequentially through those and you play the song? Correct. And after a while, you it might sound confusing to you, and it it's, might seem overwhelming at first because there's so many, but um, for at least the one hand, I have the 35 notes, and then I have only four notes I'm hitting with the other hand. Interesting. And then four notes when I move over to the, the deeper notes. Mm-hmm. And so those are easy enough, but I just had to mark those. But... Uh, yeah, then I would just run through it, and I'm still kind of I'm looking at the numbers, but for the most part, I kind of know where my fingers are supposed to go because I played it enough times. Cool. And I feel like eventually I'll just be able to strip them off and just have a feel for the song. Sure, especially if it's a song that you already know by ear. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Cool, dude. Well, that's a that's a COVID silver lining. Yeah, there's there's a few of them out there. I think. Yeah. I had one the other day. Oh, uh, it's a really good time to practice your namaste without looking like a douchebag. You mean like just hands together and doing? Yeah, like four months ago, if you did that, someone would call you an asshole. But I think now they'd probably be cooler with it. (laughs) Were you you experiencing, were you trying to like do namaste to strangers before? Yeah, I had a few... Not all the time, but I had a few awkward namaste experiences at like at, 
I chose I chose good locations like Kava bars. Yes. Uh, in SF, there's that Kava bar place. So I'd go there, and uh, they would give me the bill, and yes. sign it, and then I'd do one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it it was you'd think I like shoved my hand in their gut, like like they <laughs> acted like I was imposing it, and so I was like, okay. I, if these people don't accept it, there's no way the general public's going to accept this. So I yeah. got to like figure out uh, when to do it. Right. Why but do now you want... I feel like I can do it all the time. Why do you want to do it? I don't, but it's just a good time to do it. <laughs> Why? Uh, well, because like, you know, you can't do it. Eventually there's going to be a time where you're not going to be able to do it. I think again, but wait, is it because now? Uh, is it because now with social distancing we have like we can't shake hands, so it's it's yeah. more acceptable. Oh yeah, I thought that was assumed. Uh, <laughs> I just made that connection. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's what it is. I thought you just had some weird fetish for namasteing people, and I think if I could do it successfully, I'd fall in love with it. But now Maybe I just resent people. That have you thought about Japan? Going to Japan? Don't they foul, not... though? That's a lot of effort. Well, isn't that sort of what you're doing? No. In this. That's a bow. Not really. Like, not like, right. like, you know, my whole body isn't having to move. I'm not having to engage my core. That would suck. It's super suck. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, dude, I feel like we're in a really good place, but my computer is going to die if I don't plug it in. So, Gotta plug it in. Um, maybe we can edit this part out. Where yeah, I'll take a, we'll take a short break, but right. I'll stay right here. <laughs> okay, great. I've got socks on. Your computer is plugged in. Nothing can stop us now. Yeah, I got some green juice, too. Ooh, I love that stuff. All that. Not my favorite brand is Bolt House. Yeah, uh, but it's, it's cheap. okay. But it's cheaper. Yeah, than Naked, which is just obscenely priced. Yeah, I love that stuff. Funny people always. I, the one thing I always think about with that is people saying like, "Oh, like juices doesn't have any of the nutrients in it after two minutes or something." How does that work? Well, it's some idea about how. You're only going to get nutrients out of stuff if you juice it and then drink it right away or something like that. Uh, I don't really know. Really? Where do the nutrients go? Good question. <laughs> Seems like an obvious question. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I don't know. Yeah, I think our our bodies are pretty good at uh, at finding nutrients. The way and, I see it, sorry. Well, and then even even if it just if it makes you feel good, then it makes you feel good. And whether or not you're actually getting all the nutrients or not, yeah, does people, that really matter? People should just be happy. I'm not chugging Pepsi. Like, why can't you just be happy for me? Yeah. Exactly. It's definitely better for you than Pepsi. Mm-hmm. And it probably doesn't have any Pepsi in it. Well, let me check. 
Yeah. Does it have kiwi juice? It has kiwi juice. It even has a picture of a kiwi on the front, so you know it has kiwi juice. Like front and center. Kiwis. I like kiwis. Me too. Do you like the birds? Is that a bird? It's a bird. There's a kiwi bird. The only reason I know that, though, it looks really weird. It's got like a long beak. And it's like oh, yeah. I hate those things. No. Brown and mauled. <laughs> Is that uh, the kiwi bird? That's why. Okay. Yeah. And it lives in New Zealand? Yeah. It kind of looks like, like a messed up penguin or like a trashy uh-huh. cousin of the penguin. Um, but yeah, the only reason I know that is I used to have a stuffed animal that my uncle got me from New mm-hmm. Zealand mm-hmm. that was like, it had a zipper on the front and it looked like a kiwi fruit and then you'd unzip it and fold it in on itself and zip it again and it was a kiwi bird. It was a kiwi bird and a kiwi fruit. In the same toy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Revolutionary. I tried, <laughs> once I found that out, I tried to like flip all of my other toys inside out and it didn't work. Mm. Um. But if I was a little more sadistic, I probably would have taken a knife to them and folded them inside out. <laughs> Trying to find stuff. Yeah. So I just looked. We're over a month from our last podcast. I'll be damned. Feels like a fucking century. And I got to say, my, my, my gut feeling about this whole uh, current pandemic is mm-hmm. pretty much exactly the same as it was back then. Yeah, with like a few bumps in the road where I was like, am I right about this? And then I was like, yeah, I'm right about this. <laughs> I'd like to say that I'm like, I think I have learned a lot. Um, and I'd like to say that I'm like incorporating other people's perspectives or like refining my perspective and listening to other people. But then I think back to like the line of joking and stuff from that podcast. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I still feel. Nothing's changed. Like, yeah, like the only thing that's changed is um, I was probably a little naive to think that we weren't going to lose more people than we lost with the flu. But that's not uh, my opinion hasn't changed that it's it's at least similar to the flu, because I'm trying to think what the flu must have been like when it hit for the first time, like the seasonal flu, when we had no vaccinations, when nobody knew anything about it, like what were the numbers then? I don't even know if I can find them, but I imagine they were more severe than they are now. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I think 2017, 2018 was a really bad flu year. It was. but So that's what I'm saying is like, it must've been way worse if we, it, when we didn't have vaccinations. Well, that's a very interesting question, Joe. I think that's a very important question. Or maybe I'm not. not. Sure, I'm not sure that it is. Okay. Interesting. Do you think it's worse with vaccination? Well, there's an interesting theory that um, there have been a couple of studies that have shown that people who got the flu vaccine are more likely to develop COVID-19. Interesting. Yeah. So there's definitely a, there's something related there. Um, I think the flu vaccine is a weird one because it's a, it's a guess every time, right? They make, it before the flu season knowing that the flu virus is going to mutate mm-hmm. um and i've been thinking more and more like that this is a it's kind of an opportunity for us to really take a look at at viruses and and our health in general um and the whole point of the vaccine is to stimulate an immune response in your body right right 
and cause you to develop the antibodies to the virus before well, this, the virus even gets to you. Yeah, it's a similar effect to like catching it in order to develop antibodies. Like right. the, the chickenpox effect. Right. Um, so the important thing there is is that it's it's working with the body's immune system. What it what it all what it all comes down to, vaccine or not, is your our immune systems, right? And I think that a lot of what's potentially causing the flu season to be really bad, causing this coronavirus to be really bad, is a is a a big public health problem with uh, suppressed immune systems through toxicity in our foods um and respiration due to obesity <laughs> it's got always always got to be about the fat people huh for me <laughs> although i am a fat person now so i should probably i should probably take it easier but like no i think like people who are overweight have weaker immune systems don't you uh yeah, I, I think it's it's all connected, right? I mean, the, the immune system, I think, is just is kind of an an expression of your overall health in a way. Right. But there are certain there there are people that are not fat that that might be severely immunocompromised as well. Sure. Totally. Um. Yeah. I but think I guess. That are, yeah. No, never mind. No, go ahead. Well, I, th- I was gonna say I think people that are like way underweight or like. You know, like, uh, yeah, like bulimic or anorexic, they probably have weak immune systems too. Right. But yeah, I think that's part of what what's bothering me about this whole thing is is on the one hand we're talking about a vaccine, and yet we're not talking at all about like nobody's talking about how you're fine as long as your immune system is functioning. Sure. And talking about like getting fresh air. I mean, some, a lot of people are, that's not true. I'm, I'm overly simplifying things, but the, 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 the drumbeat right now seems to be like, just, we're not going to be safe until there's a vaccine. And the vaccine, I mean, a vaccine's only going to work. First of all, the vaccine for a coronavirus is there's it it hasn't happened yet. We they've they've been working on it for like 20 years to try it for the SARS and for MERS and haven't had any success. Mm-hmm. So the idea that suddenly we're going to have a good vaccine for this to me is a total question mark. Yeah, well we're not going to have any vaccine for a year, and so the question is. Are we going to stay in our homes for a year? Like, nobody's really clear about what the long-term approach to this thing or even the year-long approach to this thing is going to be. Like, people talk about testing and they talk about vaccines. And I'm all for widespread testing and I'm all for developing a vaccine, obviously. But I'm um, I'm not okay with the current state of affairs where people stay in their homes and they stay away from each other. Right. And and the economy doesn't go on somewhat normally for a year. Mm-hmm. 
that's not okay. I, I haven't even gotten my stimulus check from last month. Right. So, and, and apparently some people have, but I don't think there's any sense of order to it. I asked the question on Facebook. I got like 15 responses or so mm-hmm. really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll read it for you. Uh, <laughs> has anyone in California gotten their stimulus check yet? Uh, my sister and their husband, this is me talking. My sister mm-hmm. and her husband got both theirs weeks ago, but they live in Reno. Maybe different states are getting theirs at different times. Uh, getting curious how all this is working, blah, blah, blah. And so I got like 11 responses. Uh, uh, and I'll just go down the line. I'm not going to read what they said. Just like yes and no, basically. Yes, yes, no, 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 yes. No, wait, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, 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 wow. yes, yes. So wow. it's almost a split. It's almost a complete split. That sounds like more yeses, but I guess there were more no's. In the well, beginning. I said that yes, there was a no. So like, here, I'll go Just over. Give me the time. numbers. <laughs> well, I haven't tallied it. Uh, so you tally it. OK, do you have a pencil? <sighs> I do. One moment, please. All right. I've got I'm gonna make a yes column and a no column. I'm ready. Good. Yes, yes, no, 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 yes, 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 yes. The yeses have it seven to four. Okay, but pretty close. Like there's nothing there that says that there's any order to that. Well, I guess you'd have to look at the look at the people and their location. Oh, and I'm no. Well, they're all okay. California. Okay, they're all California. Should I add another tally to the no? Add a no. Oh, and That's... add no's add no's for my parents too. Oh, well then you got a seven seven split. Oh yeah. Totally different conversation. <laughs> so yeah, I mean like there's no semblance of like who's there's no logic to who's getting it and who's not, from what I can tell. Because, like, I'm low income. My sister's relatively upper middle class income, um, along with her husband. Do you have yours yet? Negative. Correct. So, like, I don't, I don't see, I don't see, I don't get it. Like, I just right. don't get who's getting it and who's not. Well, I don't really care. I mean, I, we should, I don't care either. Uh, we yeah. should get it first, though. I mean, it's like <laughs> being in kindergarten, everybody gets a fruit roll up. And then your teacher gets to you and like gives you the finger. And you're like, what the hell? And then you go to your parents and you're like, like my teacher gave me the finger. And they're like, Miss Lydia wouldn't do that. Like they don't even believe you. <laughs> it is like that. 1200 bucks. That's better than a fruit roll up. Well, it's comparable to a fruit roll up for a kindergartner. Yeah, relative. It's probably actually kindergartner probably values a fruit roll up way more than $1,200. They don't they even know what to do with it. Right. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, really? Oh, a year of this shit? The the problem is I'm still not even convinced that this is a this is a serious threat. And I know that I'm living in a rural community. Um but I still uh I I would think for an, I I just I know I'm preaching to the choir here. We, 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 we're, we're of the same mind here, but 
but I I would have to see more. Um, I'd have to see more evidence of destruction and feel more evidence, feel more of a threat to justify shutting it all down. Well, okay. for a long time. Yeah. So not only do you live in a rural community, but you are of an age group that I believe has like a one in maybe 2000 or one in 1500 chance of getting this thing and dying of it, not getting this thing, but like getting it and dying of it. Um, So that's a low percentage. That's really almost infinitesimal percentage. And add on to that, you're in a rural community. So you have even less of a chance than someone in your age bracket that lives in New York city. And those are the kinds of things that like have to be taken into consideration when we talk about this. It, It can't be, a blanket statement about what everyone has to do because Mm -hmm. not everyone's living the same life and not everybody has the same risks associated with this. Like old people need to stay careful and, and, and be careful during regular flu seasons. Like they shouldn't be out shaking hands and making out with the, the, you know, every guy at the bar, Gabe. So (laughs) um, they need to be careful during flu seasons. I do miss that. Making out with people at bars. Old people. Making well, out with you at the bar? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you missed contact with old people. Yeah, me too. No, My I miss grandma... making out with old people at bars. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've never tried it, but as I get older, I'm getting closer <laughs> to that, I think. Uh, but yeah, back to the point, like, Look, everyone's living a different life, and I, I just, like, that is such an obvious aspect of this, that I don't, I, anyone who doesn't see that, or doesn't bring that up in a conversation, it feels immediately disingenuous to me. Well, of course, the argument is that in order to protect those vulnerable people, we have to uh isolate healthy people right okay so here's here's my counter to that um if there's an elderly person who's outside without a mask and gloves on or anyone for that matter isn't the assumption that they don't take the virus seriously and if i go outside without a mask and gloves on isn't the assumption that i don't take the virus seriously and if that's the case and we come into contact with each other and one of us gives the other one the virus and one of us dies of it like which won't happen but let's say it does worst case scenario um how is that not a social how is that not comparable to like the social contract we have when we get into a car and one of us dies in a car accident i i agree but people will say that you don't know like the the chain the theoretical chain of infection is so long and convoluted that you're not just it's not just about you and the other person and your your social contract okay it's about all of the other people that you're going to unintentionally possibly infect okay well let me first of all that that's the butterfly argument butterfly effect argument and it's really really weak because you can make that about nearly anything like Probably shouldn't yeah. kick a stone out the way your door because you'll probably kill somebody along the way. Right. Um, but 
you know, okay, let's take, I'll, I'll attack that too. Like if somebody's grandma goes outside or anybody goes outside, let's just say a normal person like me, uh, not old, uh, goes outside, no gloves, no mask. I have no gloves, no mask. I give them the virus. They go home to their elderly parents or grandparents. And I guess presumably they're not washing their hands in this case and their grandparents or parents see them and interact with them and pick up the virus somehow. But like, that's a contract that families have together where it's like both sides are saying, we'll risk getting the virus to be around you. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess my deeper point with all this is like, there are all these social contracts in place with how we interact on an everyday basis. So why is it anybody else's right to interfere on that contract and say what you can and can't do between somebody you've agreed to have contact with? I, it, it, I, I can't even process it when I talk about it because I don't get it. And um, it, it, it feels like just a fundamental stamping out of not even like what's in the Bill of Rights, just like basic human decency. Like you can't tell somebody what kind of contact they can have with their family or people outside. I, it doesn't doesn't process for me. And I, I, I've heard all the arguments. No one's made it sound right to me. I'm 100% with you, man. And I, I think that the whole concept that we can control this virus by shutting things down is is sort of misplaced and arrogant in and of its unrealistic totally i think that viruses are it's it's sort of like are we it's it's sort of like um i feel like it's denying or pretending that uh that life um it's 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 sort of like living in denial like viruses are part of life we all have hundreds or thousands of viruses living in our systems all the time they're part of they're part of our immune system they're part of 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 messaging it's part of the messaging system inside our body to express for cells to express different um different functions um so to say that we're somehow going to uh isolate this virus outdoors right and control it I, i i just uh we haven't done it with any virus in human history right and like you said like viruses they test our immune systems they strengthen us they make us more prepared to take on viruses of the future and they're just a, a i don't know if i'd use the term essential but they're certainly a natural part of the they future. are like they're just there and absolutely and the idea that we're just going to escape them it's really cowardly in a way like it's really it speaks to like this growing cowardice among human beings of like we we got to we got to avoid what we mm-hmm. don't understand mhm i mhm i just don't buy it like i i i've tried to figure out 
what level of virus would cause me to want to lock myself in my home and I haven't figured it out yet. Like, I think even if there was some sort of Ebola level virus, I'd stay inside for a while and I'd be definitely careful outside. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't radically change my life mm-hmm. outside of that. It's funny. There's a, there's kind of an interesting little, uh, uh, little conflict of thought here whereby I sort of feel like the only way somebody could convince me that we need to do something completely different for this virus than we have, which is what we're doing. So if you're going to convince me that this is important and life will never be the same because of this virus, then you're going to have to admit to me that it was made in in a lab or it was it was uh, enhanced and trained to be especially virulent in the lab. Mm. Um, and then, okay, then we can talk, then we can talk about it, but you can't have it both ways. You can't say, Oh no, this thing just came out of nowhere out of nature and it's different than it requires a response that is completely unique in human history. Yeah. So I haven't settled on, I, I, I don't know that it was created in the lab. I haven't researched it. But even if you just say, okay, this this emerged from nature, you have to prove to me that it's unprecedented. Like, it's an unprecedented threat. And even the worst-case scenarios of this thing had us losing 1.7 million people if we don't do anything. In relation to our total population today, that is not a worse death rate than what happened with the Spanish flu in 1918. And we did none of this stuff. And civilization moved on, and the economy was strong for 10 years, and then we had our depression because of corrupt financial practices. But we, we fundamentally changed and strengthened the American economy, economy through industrialization, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and we bettered a lot of people's everyday lives. We, we definitely made some workers' lives much, much worse But at mm-hmm. the beginning. But... Um, like I said, it, it allowed access of all sorts of goods and technologies to people who never had access to it before. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. And, and that came on the heels of the worst virus in human history. So the fact that we're taking the complete opposite approach now to something that was not as bad is completely illogical to me. Yeah. It, yeah, and it seems like there's... Uh... It seems like there's a great deal of effort. I mean, to me, anybody that doesn't see that the numbers are being inflated. They've said they are. Yeah. Hospitals have come out and said, like, we're counting COVID. We're counting people that die with the virus as being COVID deaths, even if they would have died from other causes. Right. So it's obvious that there's, you know, the effort is being made to make this as scary as possible and to draw it out as long as possible. That's the other thing is like, there doesn't seem to be any, when do we get to like pat each other on the back and say, great job. You know, there's <laughs> this no. thing is going down every we're over. We're through the worst of it. We're, we're coming out the other end. And really how many people do you know that died? None. So I don't even know do anyone we, that's been hospitalized. When do we get that opportunity? No, it's, it's immediately talking about when this thing is going to come back. And putting in freaking contact tracing right. and establishing a vaccine in order to be safe going forward. 
Right. And just to touch on like when it's going to come back, because people are talking about the second wave of this thing. Yeah. Fuck, I'm not surprised if it's a new virus, there's going to be a second wave. Right. How much worse is the second wave going to be? Because so many people locked themselves in their homes and didn't get sunlight and didn't go outside and exercise and didn't keep immune systems up. Like, it it cannot be better than it would have been otherwise. Right. I thought that was one of the best points from that, uh, that, that briefing from Dr. Erickson and his colleague. Yeah. Was talking about that, our immune systems and what a crazy clusterfuck we're creating by having everybody... Uh, stop building their immune systems for this period and laying off so many hospital workers and the capacity of our healthcare system. I mean, that's the other big lies that this was all about flattening the curve to not overwhelm our, our hospital system. And We're it's firing like, people. <laughs> and we have been for like a month, a solid month now. Right. We never got so, overwhelmed. It didn't happen. Like there were a few Facebook posts from people who work in hospitals who said we had a really tough day today, felt overwhelmed. Okay, but that doesn't mean your hospital was overwhelmed. It just means that you have an overwhelming job. Right. Um, well, and the point is that, that that kind of thing happens every flu season. And I, and I think what it says, what it shows is that our hospital systems in general, because they're pro- for-profit institutions, they're not designed to have extra capacity for things like this. You know, they're they're designed to be lean, mean profit machines. And so they're not going to keep a bunch of beds around or whatever well, there, for things like this. Yeah. So a major reason that people are laying off, that hospitals are laying off nurses, and it doesn't you know, speak against the point we just made, is that people are terrified to go into hospitals now for sure. anything. You break right. your leg, you're not going to a hospital because that's where all the COVID is. Right. And if you come down with the cold or a flu or pneumonia, you're not going to a hospital because that's where the COVID is. Uh, it's arguable if you like start, you know, maybe peeing blood or pooping blood. Maybe those people aren't like people are terrified of this thing. You basically sold the American people that this is the worst thing to ever happen to us ever. Yeah. Unprecedented yeah. ever worst thing to happen. So, of course, the immediate response for normal people is, OK, our hospitals are overrun with these people and this is where the virus lives. And if I stay in my home, I can't get it. Right. So you're, that's why nurses are getting laid off. That's why less people are going to the hospital. That's a bad thing for society. But j- also just to speak to your, um, to your talk about for-profit hospitals and how that relates to like inflating COVID deaths, there's a direct correlation there. Like the CEOs of these hospitals, if they can prove that they're being overrun with COVID cases, there's a unlimited stream of funding from the federal government right now where all you got to do is ask show the numbers and you'll you'll get immediate funding i think they just gave like 495 billion dollars to a company to develop a vaccine like they're just handing out money because they're printing it constantly and so there's an immediate incentive for hospitals to say this is covid just just if we don't know it's covid if they die with covid it's covid sure these are all covid deaths Right. As many COVID deaths as possible. Right. Yeah, and so it, it makes me just feel very unsure about going forward. How the heck are we supposed to understand any health threats, any future health threats? I mean, if we're completely unable to put together sensible numbers, or and if we're not even allowed to look at the numbers that we are given, right? and if the testing could be 
false positives, could be false negatives, and is maybe it's the wrong type of testing, and yada, 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 yada. Like, how we're, we're just being, our, our brains are just being stirred. Yeah. We have no, what possible ground do we have to stand on to have any idea what the fuck is going on and to know, and, and so that's why I just have to go back to my gut feeling on this, which is just, this shit ain't right. This yeah. is fucked up. Yeah. This is about this is about control. Right. And this is about a war on fucking human consciousness that's going on right now. Yeah. And I don't care if I'm right or wrong, but I just want to keep I'm just going to keep standing here and saying this ain't right. This ain't right. This ain't right. Right. Because I don't want to I don't want to accept that this is okay somehow or that this has been justified or that we're in good hands. Well, look, the, even the people that are taking this thing seriously and believe in shelter in place stuff, they're kind of waffling when you have a conversation with them about I think so too. police spying on people with drones and like arresting people for having neighborhood parties. Like that is not normal. That doesn't feel right to anybody. And if it does feel right to you, you're fucking asshole like you're just a fucking asshole um but like uh yeah i yeah i i i think you're onto something with um trusting your gut on this and really trusting your gut anytime with this stuff your gut's not always going to be right but you have your own self-interest at heart and if you were really genuinely afraid of this thing, you'd be locked inside your home. Maybe you'd still be spouting the same stuff, but you wouldn't be practicing something different. And I literally, minus the news, minus the Facebook feed stuff, I would be outside doing whatever I want right now. I'd be floating down the river and I wouldn't, I wouldn't think twice about it because I'm not afraid of this thing. Right. Right. But you, you, you don't want to be an irresponsible citizen you don't yeah. want to get arrested or fined no, I, or whatever i almost i thought about this i definitely don't want to be fine because i don't have the money but <laughs> I, I this is kind of an interesting time to get arrested like mm -hmm. if i was gonna get arrested for anything i think i'd be okay with it being going outside without a mask or gloves on yeah like i'm not gonna force handshake people but i wouldn't have done that before and right. I, I just want to be able to live my life normally i i I, I'm, I, I ju I'm just going to it's not even a want like i'm just going to and if the consequences for that is that the pushback on that gets increasingly intense then i'm 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 okay with that yeah i really am because i i i, I it, and it scares me it would it would almost make me more virulent because i know i'm in the right on that and the people that are pushing back are 100% in the wrong. And I, it's, it just makes sense to me to fight that. All right, folks, that was part one of my May Day conversation with Joe Gruen. Thanks for tuning in. Again, the email, if you have any questions for the podcast, it's Gabe Roberts, G-A-B-E-R-O-B-E-R-T-S at gmail.com. Thanks to Joe for his thoughts, and when you're ready for the second part of this conversation, just go to the next episode of this podcast. If you're listening to this right after I put it out, uh, I guess you're just going to have to wait a day or two for me to get the next episode up. But it's coming. <laughs>
it's coming. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, adios.